Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pado. Sorry it's been a minute. I have been quite busy and like I did promise, I am working on a fair few things at the moment. Um, And as I mentioned in my wrong turn review, I did want to do a review of The Empty Man, um, a overlooked horror film, I would say, from 2020, a film that was a casualty of the Fox-Disney merger as well. Um, originally meant to be released by 20th Century Fox. It did receive a minor release last year under the new brand of 20th Century Studios. Um, And it was a film that I didn't have much anticipation from, especially that first trailer. I was like, no, not for me. Um, But after hearing a few things and reading a few things about it, uh, I really did want to check it out. It was something that I did not think I was going to enjoy, but something that I was pleasantly surprised with. So... Without further ado, let's just get stuck into The Empty Man. So take it away, a trailer. Hey, wait. We gotta try it. Try what? Calling The Empty Man. Who's The Empty Man? If you're on a bridge and you find a bottle, you blow into it and you think about The Empty Man. Oh, come on, Mandy. How old are you? Tell him the rest. On the first night, you hear him. And on the second night, you see him. And on the third night? Well, on the third night, he finds you. He finds you. You can hear him, can't you? Squirming his way into your thoughts. Like a disease... And his message is contagious. So, The Empty Man um, is a supernatural horror film based on the popular series of Boom Studio graphic novels. After a group of uh, teens from a small Midwestern town begin to mysteriously disappear, the the locals believe it is the work of an urban legend known as The Empty Man. As a retired cop investigates and struggles to make sense of the stories, he discovers a secretive group and their attempts to summon a horrific mythical entity and soon his life and the lives of those close to him are in grave danger directed by david pryor from a screen story um and screenplay written by david pryor as well um the film stars james badge dale marin island stephen root ron canada robert armino uh joel courtney and sasha frivola um, and like I mentioned, this wasn't a film that I was uh, gravely anticipating. It was just something that I happened to come across after reading a few things online, and I was pleasantly surprised. This isn't a fantastic horror film, and it definitely isn't as scary as what it probably could be. I like films based in urban legend and that sort of thing. I'm a huge fan of that sort of movie. I don't know what it is about it, but it just really does... I don't know, sit well for me. I like the Supernatural TV show. I really like the X-Files. Um, and it just seems to be something that 
really does play well with me. I don't know why. I think if it's, you know, got some cool mythos around it, then I'm going to like it a bit more than I would if it was, you know, just a generic um, monster flick, I guess. I, I, I do like those urban legends, especially if the mythology is well thought out and well explained. Um, as The Empty Man is based on a graphic novel series, there is a lot here in regards to the mythos and the creativity behind it. David Pryor does a really good job here um, investigating the, I guess, the mentality um, of finding a new wave of something, whether it be religion, whether it be you know, a, a new dieting craze, whatever it might be, and just how people react to that sort of thing and how they can really cling on to that. Um, the basis of this is that there is like a shared collective group of people in this small town, and it's a movement that's going on America-wide, um, but it has found its way in this small town. And the idea is that they're trying to create with their minds um, the physical embodiments of, you know, like a collective thought, essentially. So it's like group think. So the idea is that these people sit around and they all imagine something to become real and then it does. And that's, I guess, the twisty part of the film and, and what plays into the idea of the empty man. So the empty man itself isn't real, um, but the idea of the empty man is because it's something that these people have created. So it's really trippy and really weird, but it is a film that I found myself quite enjoying. Um the film is very long. I will say that it goes for nearly two and a half hours, which is shocking for a horror film, but there is a lot going on here. The opening itself goes for 23 minutes, and when I saw the timestamp come up, I was like, holy crap, this is a long, long-ass introduction, but it does establish things quite well. Um, I, I guess what they're saying in the opening is just the idea of what The Empty Man is and how uh, it has influenced this group of hikers um, in the Himalayas and... That's the general setup. So we, we follow this group of hikers. Their friend, they believe, is infected with a parasite of some sort after he falls down a crevasse into the... Um, uh, it's in the snow, and he happens across this um, skeleton, and it's on the front cover of the film as well. Um, and the skeleton is meant to be, I guess, the empty man. Um, and he becomes, like, possessed, essentially, and um, we, we see what happens after this, uh, I guess ruins this group of people because they're just all, you know, possessed by the idea of the empty man um, and then they all die, um, essentially. But it's all through suicide, which is interesting and that does play into a few things in the story. So I'm not going to go into too many spoilerific details because a lot of people haven't seen this film, but I do want to discuss certain plot elements that definitely help me get across my recommendation for the film, which I am recommending because I really did enjoy it. Um but the idea of the empty man is something that we haven't really seen on the screen before. Um, it does have a basis around other films, and you can definitely see influence uh, that David Pryor has drawn upon here, like Nightmare on Elm Street uh, in particular. I got, I got very um, big Nightmare on Elm Street vibes, especially in the second act. But what the film does well is it sets up this intrigue and this mystery that you're really, I guess on board with during the, the entirety of the film. James Badge Dale's character runs like a small security shop. Um, he is a retired police officer. We see at the start of the film that he is celebrating his birthday, which does play into the twist at the end of the film as well. So you definitely need to be paying attention in that first act and hit the introductory of his um, character there. But I really did enjoy the way that the film explores those ideas and explores his character. There's a lot of depth there. We find out during the film that he is struggling with the death of his son as well as his wife. 
We find out this is due to his infidelity as he was having an affair at the time, which is an interesting plot device and something I wasn't expecting. So I did like that aspect of the film because we get to see that, you know, the result of his uh, family's car accident and their death was due to his infidelity. He wasn't there for them during that time. He was actually off having an affair. That is interesting in the sense that it does add a lot to his character. And I really did like the implications of that on his character. He's a very tortured and damaged man um, and definitely living with that guilt. Um, And it it does play into his relationship with the missing girl as well, which I did like. Um, And I think it was an interesting character motivation and device. We don't really get a lot of him uh, during that first act. Like we don't really get to see a lot of these inner workings. They're all set up, but they're explored throughout the film. Um, then we just see that the the group of kids that have been influenced by the empty man at the very start of the film on the bridge um, are all disappearing. They're all dying. So what's going on? What what happens from here? And yeah, what is the plot of this film? Um, I guess what the film really is about, like I said, is that idea of group think and just how these people can really explore the idea that, um, yeah, if you all you know, how dangerous a collective mind can be um, and how that mentality can influence. In this situation, it's physical, but I guess in the metaphorical sense, it's more, you know, just the idea that the collective can really create problems, especially if they all believe in something dangerous. And here they believe in the re-embodiment of the empty man, um, and that does create some problems later in the film. Um, But, yeah, I guess from a directorial standpoint, David Pryor does a really good job here at creating a really creepy atmosphere. There's some great sequences that uh, I hadn't seen in a film before um, that definitely play out differently to what they would normally in another film. So there's a great sequence where um, uh, James Badgedale's character goes out to a cabin where this group of people were um, and he sees that this cult-like gathering is taking place around a fire And they're all chanting, they're all dancing and that sort of thing. But then they start to move in line with the way that James Badge Dale is moving. So they move back when he moves, they move forward when he moves back. They move back when he moves forward. They move side to side when he moves side to side. And it was really interesting, visually striking. It was quite creepy as well because there was very, the only lighting from that sequence is from the fire itself. I was like, that is really creepy and off-putting. So I really admire David Pryor for some of his visual trickery that he does uh, in this film. The film does have some elements I don't like. I hate the use of, um, there's a sequence in a shower or a steam room where one of the girls is killed by the empty man. Um, And the way that it's framed and the way it's filmed is very jump cutty and doesn't really work for me. Um, There are some CGI shots too that are definitely not polished, but I think that's due to the release of this film. Like I said, it was meant to be a 20th Century Fox film. Disney bought Fox, so there was a couple of films left on the shelf. This was one of it. I believe this was filmed back in 2018, the same time as Underwater was filmed. Um, So it got shelved, and then during COVID, they're like, oh, we'll make a quick buck. The film did okay. Um, Critically, it didn't fare as well, but it definitely did make a bit of money. Um, But it did result in it getting like a limited physical media release as well. So there's no Blu-ray release here in Australia. It's only DVD, same as Underwater. Um, but I did manage to get a copy of it on DVD for like 10 bucks. It was really cheap, um, but I, I did, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did pick it up because I did enjoy it. Um, like I mentioned, though, the mythos of the 
empty man and the way that that story plays out is just really interesting and that's why I wanted to review the film because it was a little different to something of the same genre, I want to say, because we have films like Urban Legend, I know what you did last summer, and films like that that deal with these like urban legends, I guess. Like, that's the only way to really put it. Um, and we've had some failures, definitely, especially in the last couple of years. The Slender Man movie sucked. Um, but The Empty Man is just something a little different. And some of the plot devices are definitely borrowed and things we've seen before. The idea that The Empty Man... You know, the first night he comes, uh, he uh, you see him. Second night he comes for you. The third night, no, or the third night he comes for you. It's something like that. It's like the the you know one two Freddy's coming for you. The ring, like there's all these rules that are set up. But the way that it deals with it in the Empty Man is just it's just different, and it was refreshing. And like I said, I, I'm a sucker for these types of urban legend films, especially when they're done well. Um, and this film is not a masterpiece by any means. There's things like I mentioned. There's some definitely sloppy editing going on. Um, there's some directorial choices that I didn't love, but I think David Pryor, for the most part, does a really good job at managing this material, and it's anchored by a really solid performance by James Badgedale. I thought he was fantastic in this film. Um, I've been a, a, a champion for him for a couple of years now. Like You have films like um, when he was in The Lone Ranger back in 2013, a terrible, not a very good movie. I don't hate The Lone Ranger, actually. I think it's okay. Um but there was a, a campaign earlier on where they were just saying, why the hell is Army Hammer playing uh, the Lone Ranger? And when you saw the film, you're just like, he was so average. But then you watch how good James Badge Dale was as his brother during the film. You're like, wow, he's actually really good in this movie. Why was he not the Lone Ranger? Um, and then we had other films that came out after that, like uh, The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. Um, he was in that spectral movie as well, which wasn't fantastic, but he was really good in it. Um, and he always seems to be a... Solid performer in whatever film that he's in. And he was, of course, in Iron Man 3 as well. He was one of the henchmen for the um, Mandarin. It wasn't like a really good performance and he didn't really have a lot to do, but he's really charismatic in that film. So I just really like him. And I think whenever he shows up in a film, he really does carry a lot of it. And him as a central performer here was really interesting. So I really did enjoy that. Uh, some of the musical stings were pretty good too. It was like a decent score. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned, David Pryor's direction is really, really solid here. Um, I would like to see him tackle more films of the nature. Um, and I guess because this is in a similar boat to what Underwater is, and I'm not comparing the two because they're completely different films, but William Eubank at the moment is tied with Christopher Landon to helm the new uh, Paranormal Activity movie. So maybe David Pryor will get picked up for another film as well. Um, I would like to see him do something else because I think, especially in the horror genre too, I I think he can really do some interesting things here. Even with an original concept, I would like to see what he can do. But, yeah, big fan of this one, guys, and I, I think you should definitely check it out. Uh, I Like I mentioned, there are some really interesting plot devices that are introduced in the third act and a really cool twist, but I don't want to spoil it here because not a lot of people have seen this film. So definitely check it out because I think you'll like it, even if you don't like horror films. Uh, it is more of a thriller. It's definitely not scary. I wasn't scared throughout it, and I'm, I'm a bit desensitized to some of that. But coming um, from it, from a perspective where you know, uh, if I wasn't to you know like horror the way that I do, I feel that you'd still be able to handle it. There are some creepy things like the the empty man himself and just some of the uses of visual trickery, but. I still think that it is a solid film and you should definitely check it out if you get the chance. So I'm going to give The Empty Man 
a 7 out of 10. Uh, yeah, definitely check this one out, guys. I had a good time with it. It is available on digital platforms at the moment as well as DVD. And I would say eventually it will find its way to Disney Star. But at the moment, it's not there. But um, yeah, definitely check it out, guys. I had a really good time with this one. So that brings this review to a close. But before we end, I do want to give you a bit of an update. So my wrong turn review did have a bit of um, audio problems. Some of them have been fixed, so that episode will be up again shortly. I'm also going to do a review of the X-Files I want to believe. Um, why am I reviewing the second X-Files film? Because I watched it most recently, but I just wanted to have it as my introduction to reviewing some X-Files stuff here and there. I've been watching the show again, just episodes here and there, because I'm a big X-Files fan, and I've seen the show a couple of times now. So I want to start with that film, because that film's very divisive among fans and just general moviegoers. So I'd like to touch base on that and my introduction to the X-Files in general. So yeah, look forward to a review of that one coming shortly. And... Jess and I are working on our Return of the King review. Don't worry, it will come out eventually. Um, we're just slowly getting there. We've just been very busy with other things, so it's been a bit difficult to actually sit down together and watch it at the same time. So eventually that one will be coming out, but for the moment we are just playing it by ear and getting it sorted, so it's definitely the content you guys want to see and hear. So I uh, look forward to that one coming shortly as well, guys. But until next time, peace out.